The Anton Savage Show Saturday with Nifty Business on News Talk. We're joined for expert advice on parenting by Mary O'Kane, author of Perfectly Imperfect Parenting and lecturer in uh, psychology and early uh, childhood education. Have you ever had Bovril, Mary? Oh, Anton, I recently had this wonderful experience, I won't say where, of going to a very fancy restaurant and we were given a little consomme soup to start with and one of the people who I was with went, oh my gosh, it tastes just like Bovril. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of a little bit off kilter with the thought of Bovril at the moment. What is Bovril? Is it, is it a, a meat stock? Is that what it is? Or is it oh. like a Vegemite thing? Or Oh no, you do think it is like an oxtaily type soup. Isn't it? Oh no, you have some things you're better off not asking what's in it. That's always been my policy yeah. in life, but I feel maybe I'm missing out on no. the Bovril. No, 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 no. You, you're better off not knowing if you drink it. Well, no. it went out with Swiss roll and there's a lot to be said for a Swiss roll. <laughs> yeah, if I had a choice between the two, give me the Swiss roll any day. <laughs> a lot of questions as always. We have uh, a text asking, we have a 10-year-old who complains about any job we ask him to do, is full of back chat, and this is a direct quote, and gaslighting. He also picks on his little brother, which causes lots of strife. It's a struggle often, especially as his sibling is a positive, helpful kid. We're at our wits end with the grey cloud this acrimony puts over our house. Please help. That's a particularly tricky one because oh. if you've one who's hugely helpful and one who's not, you can't say that you're the common denominator. Yeah. <laughs> No, you, you first advice to that person is blame the partner on <laughs> you, you, this child takes after me, that child takes after you. Isn't that interesting, though? You, you know, when kids' behaviour is challenging, you always think, try and get underneath. It's like the iceberg. You see the tip of the iceberg, but there's something going on underneath. Kids aren't usually challenging just to deliberately try and push your buttons. Even if they are pushing your buttons, there's something inside them that is underneath. And it's funny. So he is seen as this dark cloud and his sibling is seen as this positive little creature. I wonder, does he know that? Is he living up to what's expected of him? And is there something going on? Not easy to necessarily be with a sibling who is sweetness and light and does the right thing all the time and your parents are delighted with them and you start feeling, well, I'm the pain in the butt and then what do you do? Well, you behave like the pain in the butt. But I just wonder... If she, they, whatever it is, try and find out, is there something going on underneath? Did it, did something provoke it? Like, did something happen that it just started? If he's always been like this, if she can Google something called growth mindset, it's really helpful. Some kids, we talk about the power of yet, some kids have this negative beliefs about, I am who I am, and they see themselves negatively. Others are more likely to see themselves positively. It's, it's sort of long-winded to explain it, but if she Googles growth mindset, that could be very interesting. But I would step back and think, hold on, have we labelled these two here? Now, to some extent, whatever the underlying cause is the prescription not largely the same? Do you not just set boundaries around the behaviour, reward that which is good? I mean, I know it's it's slightly CBT, but does it not work? Start with love. A, a child who's been challenging needs you. They need to know you love them. And sometimes they're pushing you to test that because they're not actually sure. Um, and they're still getting your attention when they're testing it. But I think when a child has been challenging more than ever, they need to know, I absolutely love you. Might not love that behaviour. We can talk about the behaviour, but I absolutely love you. You know, I'm always talking with this lady, Pam Leo. She's this American like parenting guru. She's well retired now. And she always talked about 10 minutes a day. And she said, try and have 10 minutes a day with each of your children, just you and them, preferably play, 
doing something really playful that you Separate, enjoy. With Separately, each child. no, with each child. But the kids who need the ten minutes a day most are the kids that you feel slightly less like having the 10 minutes a day. Okay, so let's say we do that side of it and we do the 10 minutes a day with the the child who is um, challenging. Yeah. The back chat, the complaints around being asked to help, what do you do there? Again, it's why, it's what's going on with this little fella. How old old did you say? Ten. 10. Oh, now we're kind of hitting into puberty at 10 as well, when not only are hormones raging, but brain development, you know, you know, those little attachments, those very important attachments to you, suddenly they're backing off. They want to be independent. They want to work out their own identity. So it's only natural they're moving away. But I think start with the love first, start giving that attention and that's going to help you get to the bottom of what's going on. And then you can say how much you love that child. But I've noticed you just don't seem yourself lately. Or I've noticed this great word to throw in. I've noticed that you just seem to be struggling a bit with your brother. You know, there's something going on. And if you started with the love bit, then it's easier to get to the underneath of what is going on. But even the back chat, it, it's very often, it's something within them that they can't tell you. They don't have the words to tell you what's going on in their head. And you have to do the love bit first before you can get underneath. A revelation, by the way, in terms of the texts that are arriving in, Mary. I just want to update you on this breaking news as it develops. Uh, one text from Ben begins, most important text message today. Bovril is brilliant. That's all Ben has to say on the topic. Next one. Anton, on Bovril, if you went to Shamrock Rovers in the late 60s, as I did then, Bovril was the obligatory halftime drink. Maybe overwatered, but essential, says Tim. There's more. Anton, I use Bovril, but not as a drink. Add a spoon or two straight into a bolognese or a stew when cooking. It adds an amazing depth of flavour. Anton, Cheese, I'm not making this up. These are all... Anton, cheese on toast with Bovril and the Bovril in this instance is in block caps and topped with coleslaw is a huge favourite in our house. All born after 1975 too. So even though it wasn't in the CPI, they still committed to Bovril. Also, Bovril on toasted McCambridge's. Yum, it says. We'd highly recommend both. If you have views on Bovril or parenting advice, 53106 or 087-1400-106. Now... To uh, go to a a slightly uh, more, not pessimistic, but darker side of things. This is a challenge that has come in by text and I think it'll be common across a lot of parents, whether it's this topic or anything like it, but it's it's a challenge nonetheless. My nine-year-old has been very upset about what's happening in Gaza. Although I've tried to protect her from the visuals that are on TV, she's hearing about it through snippets of conversations. She's a sensitive soul. And I think because she is hearing about the impact on children, she's really distraught. Any ideas on what to help her process this? Now this, you know that old John Prine um, line about little pictures have big ears. They yeah. hear it all anyway. So what do you do? They do, Anton. And uh, funny, she says, protect the child from the visuals. And it, and. Nine, yes, you can still do that because they're not on social media, we hope. Um, So you you can protect them. You know, Anton, I think every one of us is struggling with the images of children from Gaza. I don't think there's anybody who has not seen some of those images and looking at the innocence of children and is not affected by it. So, and children feed off us. So... As adults, they're hearing conversations from distraught adults. So it's, it's actually really normal for a child to be upset if they, if they hear this. But do you explain the truth to a nine-year-old? Do you explain what war is? How do you actually even do that, Anton? I, I do think have the conversations. You know the way sometimes we think, say nothing, 
don't, don't brush them off. You try and oh, they don't want to hear that. They're too young to hear that. No, 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 no. If they've heard it, what the, the ideas they're coming up with in their head can be horrific. Now I know what's happening is horrific, but it's so important that we talk to them. But you know, I don't think we we think sometimes we have to fix it and we have to make it better for them. Sometimes it's okay to say. I don't have all the answers. We don't understand why this is happening. But you know what I think they But really do you do operate need? in euphemism? Do you operate in metaphor or do you just tell the absolute straight oh, truth this is what happens? Euphemisms can be dangerous. It's like telling a child that somebody who's died has gone to sleep. It's not helpful. It leaves them with a fear of going to sleep because they think I might die if I go to sleep. So I would avoid that. Try and be as factual in as age-appropriate way as you can, um, but it's really challenging. So good that the child is telling you, but I think children also need hope. So they understand that this awful thing is happening. Little ones very often turn it back on themselves. This could happen to me tomorrow if this is happening to that child today. At nine, they're usually moving beyond that, but they can be traumatised by what they feel is happening to give them some hope that people are calling for a ceasefire. People are arguing that this should stop. You know that old, um, what's his name, Ted Rogers, was it? Fred Rogers. You know that um, quote, any time something really bad is happening in the world, point out the helpers to children. You'll remind them, yes, there are people in this world that are doing really bad things, but look at the helpers. Look at the, even things like Medicine Sans Frontières, the people who are going in there who are desperately trying to help, the people who are shouting from the rooftops, we need to stop this and remind them about this. That's interesting. So the aid agencies, the, the people who have been trying to, whether it's UNHCR or anybody else, tell them those stories as much of Tell them those. Conflict. And then how could they help? That You know, you feel completely vulnerable and you feel insignificant even as an adult you feel when something so huge is happening you think but I'm just this little cog what could I do think about how they could help making a donation you know lighting a candle go down that route they feel they're doing something now there is one in oh by the way a continuing update on this breaking story <laughs> absolutely says a text Bovril on toasted McCambridge's Anton you don't know what you're missing another Bovril on toast yum Toast has to be cold and buttered first. My son loves it. <laughs> also Aww. put in beef stews. Now, this is one that I have a theory on. My theories are always wrong, but here's my theory. <laughs> Since going back in January, my son has been unsettled going into play school in the mornings. Staff tell me he settles quickly once I'm gone, but is uh, so emotional leaving him when he is clearly upset. Any advice on how to settle him? Now, my Mom, theory... The okay, theory? Here's my theory. <laughs> I've watched this happen and it's like the Paul Brady song, The Long Goodbye. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yes. Effectively, and I mean this metaphorically, push them out of a moving vehicle and get on with it. Quick hug, look, <laughs> bye. Whereas you see them where it's like looking in the way and it's like, you're making this. Th- it's like the end of Casablanca. We'll always have Paris. Just let the kid go. Am I wrong? <laughs> I'm laughing, Anton. We very often have different, really, we approach situations. I read this and I thought, oh, this poor parent. They're thinking, oh my gosh, this is awful. Why isn't my child confident and brave and what am I doing wrong? So my first response was, isn't it great you're doing such a good job of parenting your child doesn't want to leave you? Your home is such a happy home that they don't want to go. You tell me I'm wrong in such a nice way, Mary. (laughs) But I do agree. We have to... The child is happy when they're in there. We talk about um, transitional objects. This is a bit of Freud. I don't like to go down the Freudian route. But anyway, transitional objects. So a blankie, a picture of family. It's 
the child is happy going in. So it's not where they're going is bothering them. It's leaving you. It's connection with you. So you want to bring that connection in. So anything that brings that connection from home, I've spoken to you about putting little love hearts in their wrists and then love heart in your wrist and love heart in their wrist and they feel their pulse. But at this age, even a blankie is going to help. And make sure that your child knows you're really happy with where they're going. You know, I love that adult I'm transferring you to. They get the bond. That will help. Um, further updates. Um, Bovril is great. When I had my boys at home, I always gave them time with me on their own. Oh, sorry, these two aren't connected to my boss. I was like, it's Bovril time, kids. Uh, This was Mary's point that you need to give kids exclusive time. So when I had my boys at home, I always gave them time with me on their own. It was so good to have one-on-one time. We'd go to town, do a bit of shopping, have some lunch, a bit of a treat. They felt important and you got to chat properly to them. Lovely memories. Now, I didn't conflate two texts. That text did begin, Bovril is great. Anton, you haven't lived until you've had Bovril and buttery toast. So good. Add some grated cheese for an extra salty kick. I'm 43 and I only discovered this within the last 10 years from my younger other half. Bobby Kerr is with us for his thoughts on Bovril. Okay, do you know the difference between Bovril and Marmite? No, I'm very intrigued, Bobby. Okay, so Marmite is strictly vegetarian or Bovril is based on beef stock. Bet you didn't know that. I did not. The other thing you didn't know is that Marmite has only five ingredients while Bovril has a whopping 19 ingredients. Oh, Lord. Oh, what are those other things besides (laughs) beef stock in there? I hate it. (laughs) I love the way we're on the cutting edge of the stuff that matters, Bobby. You can pick up with the discussion on Bovril if you want during your show, but I'm sure you have more significant stuff than that. Well, I'll be talking the great crypto debate will be happening on Down to Business for and against. We're looking at the changing face of weddings. We're talking to a planner, a photographer and a former radio presenter who's now a a solemnizer, which is apparently a humanist celebrant. Get your head around that. I'll also be talking to an amazing guy who's written a book after 40 years of experience in HR about the importance of your first job and and its importance in your future career. Very interesting chat with him. Look forward to it, Bobby. Thank you so much. And thank you for the fascinating revelation of the 19 ingredients on Bob, on uh, Bovril. Not on Bobby. He's all pure. Um, thank you as well, of course, to Mary O'Kane. Thanks, much appreciated. Mary O'Kane, our parenting expert and author of Perfectly Imperfect Parenting. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine. On News Talk.